Okay, here we are. Back from Nationals, back from 2021, low cap, Beretta, and what else, whatever else was in that long name, Nationals. Jeff, you need, uh, you forgot, you need to, uh, you need to hum our intro. We need a guitar. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, you gotta yeah. hum the intro. That's required. Uh, no, I'm not gonna do it. I haven't had anything oh, to drink. what? <laughs> I'm not what? gonna do it. <laughs> Loser. No, I'm not doing it. Um, so we're here, back from nationals. It was quite the experience. I personally had a blast. Um, yeah, I mean, it was an experience, man. So we're gonna get into it. We're gonna we're gonna talk about our expectations that we talked about in the the previous episode, previous recording. We're going to talk about that and then talk about how things ended up, uh, talk about what changed, um, and what we did right, what we did wrong, mentality in the match, highs, lows, whatever, whatever you want to talk about. Um, So, y'all want me to go first or y'all want to go first? Who wants to, who wants to, uh, or do we want to like pick somebody and then question them? Well, I mean, first things first, we need to update the tally and the for the season score. Jeff is up two to nothing. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, so, but I think there's three matches left. Yeah. So he's getting, he's getting zero of those matches. Well, I mean, he's gonna have to. It's you're gonna have to go undefeated for the rest of the season, or Jeff is the uh, best production on the podcast. Yeah, all time, all time undisputed heavyweight. Yeah, until somebody <laughs> body slams you into the ring or something. Yes, I'll body, I'll body slam him. No issues with that. I bet you would. Oh, um, our yeah. So I'm I'm up two zero. That's uh, that feels pretty solid. Feeling pretty good. Feeling confident. Um. So we ended up, Jeremy and I ended up staying uh, with the Jared and them in a in a the place. CZ we didn't have boys. to stay in the uh, Econo Lodge, which I was really looking forward to. <laughs> Jeff was quite disappointed in that. I bet that Econo Lodge was way way nicer than our cabin we had. <laughs> No, the cabin was awesome. It was right there on the on the river. We had a fireplace, we had a hot tub. It was awesome. Jeremy cooked for was, me the whole time. It was it was six minutes from the range. That was like the most important part. Right, yeah. That was that's why it worked out for me to work the shoot the uh, opposite schedule with Jeremy. Uh, because he could just run me to the range. Yeah. We in passed like five him every minutes. day on the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, he could just run me the range real quick. Man. See, yeah, I told Jeff you we had figured it, it out. Jeff had it made. Like, he woke up, bacon and eggs and biscuits were cooked for him. Uh, he he went outside, did some, like, outdoor dry fire. And then he got, like, a free ride to the range that, like, dropped him off. Yeah. You don't have to worry about parking. Didn't have to walk saying, anywhere. There was no bacon and eggs on day three. 
That's not because for me. you. That's because on day two you ate all of your bacon. <laughs> I only ate like twelve ounces of bacon for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, I was like, on Jeremy day was like, two. how much bacon? How much bacon you want, Jared? He's like, eight pieces. <laughs> and I'm like, that's all you have left. Yeah, that's fine. I want eight pieces. <laughs> Cook it all. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> So yeah, I, yeah, we learned that we learned that um, almost like nobody from CZ knows how to cook. like they don't cook. So like, <laughs> well, well, oh, man. Dude, I cooked I cooked my chicken and my broccoli just fine. Jared cooked his chicken one night, uh, and then Corey Carner was there. I I'm not sure exactly like what his affiliation with CZ is other than he was basically their professional driver. That's, that's what I took it was, was that, um, Corey is a pro staffer for us. So he, he assists on the side of like working in our booth at shot show and matches and stuff like that. Okay. Well, I mean, he's, he's a great person to have at a match. Uh, he brings lots of entertainment, but that dude, Okay, we went to the grocery store and we all bought food. He bought a mega box of cinnamon toast crunch, uh, yeah. two cartons of almond milk, and like two pounds of raisins. <laughs> and I think that was it. I don't know what else he bought. Uh, like probably some sort of soda of what, some kind. What did what did our dear friend Jeff buy <laughs> at the grocery store? Well, Jeff didn't buy anything, but I mean, I have to, I will, Jeff can come, I will come clean that Jeff did PayPal me money to, to pay me back for some of the food. So he's, I'm going to pretend I, I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. So I can keep giving him shit. Yeah. So I mean, I got to come clean on that. He, he did Annie up at least at the end. It might have been in some sort of cryptocurrency or something. Like, I don't know if it's actually real money. I haven't looked yet. But yes. we'll see. I paid Jeremy in Doge. Yeah, I was I was hoping for some Doge coin. It'd be great. <laughs> no, I ended up scrounging up enough money to pay for for gas and food, so we're good. Yeah, but so Corey, I think Corey ate those two pounds of raisins. I know he cleaned up that entire box of cinnamon toast crunch, and I'm pretty sure he ate two pounds of raisins in the four days that we were there, or something like that. Uh, if he didn't eat them all, he came very close. Yeah, yeah. So, it, like, you turn around, the dude either had a bowl of cereal in his hands, or he had, he was just shoving raisins down his mouth, and it's like, holy cow, that is crazy town. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, it was quite entertaining. Like everybody's eating habits. I thought it was anyway. Yeah, um, it was. <laughs> Yeah, Jared, Jared and his, it's like plain ass chicken breast and broccoli. Dude, that's like, that's like five to six meals a week for me. Just plain. Okay. When we're talking plain chicken breast, we're literally talking like he takes chicken breast and puts it on the grill and cooks five pounds of it at the start of the week. And then that's what he eats the rest of the week. Just plain chicken breast. That's my lunch like four times a week. And like, like a couple and a couple of dinners a week. How often do you have like put even put salt and pepper on that? 
Uh, I'll put I'll put salt and pepper. Well, we've been out of pepper at the office for like three months because nobody remembers to tell anybody to order it. So it's just been salt on my broccoli. But I put I'll put salt and pepper on my my chicken and my broccoli like most of the time. Jeez. So strange. And also, I don't eat broccoli all the time. Sometimes I get cauliflower. Sometimes I get broccoli and cauliflower. And occasionally, when I'm feeling a little wild, I'll have like mixed vegetables. Man, wow, crazy wow. town, crazy oh, town. No, the cabin, the cabin was fun. Uh, that was, that was, that was know, my, good times. My favorite part of the cabin: no cell reception inside the cabin. Yeah, that was kind of funny. Uh, the only way you could get cell services to. Basically, go outside. So, lots of people hung out outside. They didn't want to hang out inside, which is fine. Yeah, it was great. Uh, it had like a really big patio area. It was concrete. It was huge. Yeah. Uh, so, you go out there in the morning and in the afternoon and dry fire. I did that every day. I go out there and dry fire on the patio, run around, put targets up. And nobody could see you. Like, it, it just wasn't a place that people drove by. So, you could dry fire and run around with a pistol and nobody could freak out. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The only, cool. prob- the only problem was the coffee maker broke on the third day. Yeah. Jared broke the coffee maker. I was well, going to say, no, I, no, no. I'm pretty no. sure Jared no. broke the coffee maker. I made coffee and it worked just fine. Jeff makes coffee and the damn thing quits working. I'm pretty sure it was the, the other way around, buddy. Other way around. I made no. coffee and it worked. You made coffee and it broke. Okay, no, the, okay, the timeline the was day one, Jeff made coffee. That's day right. two, Jared made coffee. Day two, the coffee maker still worked and Jared made the coffee. Day three, Jeff went to make coffee again and due to the abuse that the Sasquatch did to the <laughs> coffee maker on day two, the coffee maker said, nope, no more, I'm not dealing with this. I was I was dying on day three though without coffee. Like I drink coffee every day, so not having coffee in the morning sucked. He was quite upset. It didn't it didn't bother me. I just drank my gallon of milk and called it good. You you really need coffees to you really need coffee to help take out the beer that you drank the night before. <laughs> and not having it was painful. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I just got to say, like, Jeff talked about there being a hot tub. Um, having three dudes, like, just <laughs> sitting in a hot tub by themselves, like, that seems like one of the weirdest things in the world to me. Uh, I did not partake what in the hot tub. It, it was weird about it? was. It's just a little strange, it was covered. Bro. It was covered by privacy fence, so people couldn't see in there. It had some, like, nice lights, very nice atmosphere. It was great. Oh, I thought it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. And actually, a hot tub, like if you've been running around in the range all day, hot tub does feel really good on your legs. Yeah, I thought it was amazing. Whatever and you it was guys pretty say. Cool. It got pretty cool every night, so it was actually pretty pleasant. That's why I had a campfire. Yeah. I we, we had s'mores. The s'mores were pretty awesome. Yeah. Dang. This was awesome. It was great. It's a great experience. All right, well, let's talk about the match. Jared, tell us about your match. All right, so I'm going to get the bad part out of the way first. I On day two, 
I completely messed up on a stage and just left three targets. So I had six mics on that stage. Plus three procedurals that I had them put in and then somehow they went out. But so I actually got 29th at the match because that was a very painful penalty. But I'm gonna focus on the positive of the match. So in the in the rest of the match, overall I was pretty happy with my shooting. Like yeah, there was some stuff that if I could do it over, like I would certainly be happy to. But I was I was far more competitive on time in this match than I have been in previous nationals, especially in production. And just generally speaking, I was uh, I was pretty happy with my shooting. Uh, at the match, the stages were not bad. I-, I thought they did a pretty good job on the stages, especially for what they had for space. I would personally like to see you know a few more stages for nationals. But they made good use of the space they had. The stages were were not bad. There wasn't there wasn't too much crazy stuff or anything stupid or anything like that. Um, the range itself was nice, minus the like twenty minute video of some dude reading the safety rules for the high power range and the bullseye <laughs> range and and all the other stuff that I have zero interest in ever using. Right. And then they also, I don't know, failed to account for turnout or something. They had like five porta potties on the entire range yeah. for like three or four hundred competitors. That was less than ideal. Um, with the CZ booth, I was at the range the entire day, every day. So I got there at like eight thirty each day. Uh, they ran out of lunch every. I think they ran out of lunch every single day we were there. They didn't have enough food. And the lunch was not good to begin with. Um, awards could probably be best described as room for improvement. Uh, there It started raining during awards, but that wasn't the worst part. There was next to no seating. It like seating for like 30 people for a match that had yeah. over 200 people in it. Um. I was probably in the first half of the line for food at awards and they had already started running out of stuff by the time I got up there. I know a lot of people didn't get any food because there was not enough food. I mean, who could have saw that you hold awards like 30 minutes after last shot, you start the food that you don't have enough. It's amazing. Yeah. So I would describe that match as the shooting portion of the match that it's very good on. The rest of the match uh, could use a lot of improvement. But even even though I gave up the uh, defeat to Jeff, Jeff beat me, hurt my feelings. I was uh, overall, overall, I was happy with my shooting. I mean, I did make a severe rookie mistake that was very painful in the score, but I was happy with my shooting. Still plenty of room for improvement, and... Uh, I will make sure to make adjustments and crush Jeff's soul at Bighorn. But what was, was the good. point spread between you and Jeff? Uh, it was only like eighty points or something. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident that that mistake was definitely like it, it. It cost me the defeat to Jeff for sure. I mean, if you were eighty points back, uh, that was ninety points. So. No, no, it was, a, it was like with the with the procedurals in there that should have been there that got added and removed. 
uh, it was like, I think it was 110 points or so difference is what it actually yeah, was. Yeah, but, but you didn't, but you didn't get procedurals, so. I did. I counted them. They might not have had them in there, but I counted them. Right, but I mean, but we're talking about the actual point difference for the match between Jared is. and Jeff is when 80 I, points, at, so the procedurals the scores, aren't there. When I look at the scores, I'm including them. <laughs> It's 82 points on the paper, okay? Okay, so that's so there's no procedurals there, 82 points. That array cost you 90 points, assuming you went to it and shot it real fast and shot all ace. So it would have been, which probably not going to shoot necessarily shoot all ace, but probably would have put it really, really close. Yeah, it would have been really close. Super close. And, and that's a good example of something that is a woulda, coulda, shoulda type situation. Like, yeah. had I not made that mistake, I doubt I would have shot day three the same way. So it's it's not fair to think what could have been. Because right, I, cer- right. I cer- certainly on day three, like, I was kind of like, now, yeah. like, that mistake there probably pushed me out of, like, the top 40. So it's like, it's like, oh, yeah, let's take the most aggressive plan possible on the sequence or whatever yeah so I, I certainly probably gained some extra points by knowing that i was out of the running right yeah yeah i, I, I mean that sounds like a a fair fair assessment yeah yeah i, I agree with uh most of the stuff about the match that yeah i mean there were some issues with it the the stages I felt were they weren't bad, no. uh, but there were it, some that they were just yeah. I mean, they just weren't great, right? They just weren't great. So I I think Jake Martin's designed most of the stages, and, and overall, I would say he did a very good job. I mean, all the reasonable skills were tested there. There was probably, I would say there was probably only one target that was an extremely difficult target. And yeah. that was that, that was that dropout that was a zebra. Right. Yeah. That was I didn't the like only, on that one. That was the only target in the, in the entire match I shot that I felt was a difficult target. But otherwise, you know, the match had plenty of hard leans and. Strong hand, weak hand. So, I mean, it, it tested the skills. It, it did the, it's, it accomplished the purpose that I feel like Nationals should accomplish, and that's deciding who shot that match best with testing as many skills as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I think my main uh, criticism of like the stages would be the number of stages that they just had groups of targets all at the same height right next to each other, right? Um, there were several stages where there were targets, whether it be two or three or four targets right next to each other, like almost touching shoulder to shoulder, all at the exact same height. Uh, there was lots of that. And I I do not like that. That's a very, very boring setup. I'll, I'll count you on that and say like outside of that one, that'll be a new classifier that was with, you know, Four targets like shoulder to shoulder in three different positions. 
Yeah. Uh, the only other ones that I can think of off the top of my head that were that way would be like, there was three targets over here that were that way with one with a no shoot, but then you're also doing a wide transition to another target. And then you're moving off of that to shoot other, you know, reloading and shooting steel and stuff. So it was the, that array in itself. If you looked at the entire stage from that array, you're like, Oh yeah. But the rest of the stage did not have that. And then also when you look at that way, like the stuff you were transitioning off of like activator steel to or shooting after activators was interesting. So um, that one stage where you started with your gun on the box or on the table or barrel or whatever it was, like, you know, you had a open target on the left side and you had a hardcover target that was about two or three inches of A-zone showing on the right side. And you had an activator steel and a bobber. And you reloaded across, and you had a pretty tough <laughs> Dude, swinger. You, can, you cannot describe stages. Like, nobody knows what you're talking about. What I'm saying is there was plenty of different shooting in there. Like, the transitions were not just like, oh, here's three targets that are exactly one yard apart, just like I practice in training or anything like that. There was plenty of transitioning to mini poppers, transitioning off of mini popper to, you know, a partial and stuff like that. I don't I, think your um, criticism is fair. I am, I am I am glad you feel that way, but my position Jared's stands. Jared's smoking crack. My position stands. I still feel there was too much of it, and I did not like it. Though there was, uh, there were great portions in stages. There was too many groups of shoulder to shoulder targets. That's my opinion. There was two stages of shoulder to shoulder targets. No, Jared, Jared, your memory is terrible because there was there was lots of that. I think there were lots of stages of that. Um, the the stages were they weren't bad and they weren't good. Like like there were a couple of good stages, but there were there was maybe like three stages where there was any sort of legit discussion on how do we shoot this. Like there was it was pretty much no, you're just you're shooting eight, then eight, then eight, then eight. Uh, maybe it was a 30, 30 rounder, so you went eight, then six, then eight, then eight. Uh, but it was it was mostly just come here, shoot eight rounds, come here, shoot eight rounds. It, to me, the sense of the stages that I had was that it was it was like a local match that somebody set up the stage and was like, oh, we need more rounds in this match. So like Jeff says, we're just going to stack targets close to each other so that we can just bump the round count. When they didn't, the targets don't actually add anything to the stage other than just more rounds. So I I would agree with with that from Jeff's assessment. There was it seemed like there was a lot of just bumping up the round count just for the sake of it without adding anything to the match. Um, I, I think one of the, their big issues is that they were trying to hold a three day nationals in a range that has fourteen bays. Um, and one bay was being used for vendors and test fire and chrono. So then you had, so then we had tons, like how many, were there five bays that had, that were doubled up on stages? Four bays? I think so. I think there was five. Five. So, so we had, so it's nationally have five, we have five bays that are doubled up on stages, which end up being like a basically box to box type shooting again what you would kind of expect to see at a local match that is understandably limited on range space and that sort of stuff 
Um, supposedly no, they're getting. Six. There were six bays that were doubled up. Yeah, because it was one in zone A. There was three in zone B, and there was two in zone C. Oh, okay. So six, six bays that are doubled up. Um, and so, like that, that kind of got one. It kind of, I mean, the the pace of the of the scheduling was was fairly okay. There were a couple where it got bottlenecked a couple times, but not too bad. Um, but it was, it did seem a little bit like maybe this facility can't really host this match. Like they don't, they don't really, we just don't have the number of bays to actually host this match and do it justice. Um, supposedly they're going to have more bays for high cap, but it kind of just goes to like, oh, these low cap people, we don't really care. Like we'll make sure we take care of the high cap people, the low cap people. Uh, we'll just throw something together early May, early in the year. And who cares if, if they like it or not? Um, that's just, that's just my sense. That's, you know, again, the, the, the stages were okay. They like, like I said, they were good. I mean, they were okay. Not terrible. Not great. Um, yeah. Like Jared said, they didn't have a lot of stupid stuff that, that, this, that basically the disappearing zebra that wasn't disappearing, uh, <laughs> yeah. that, that was, that was dumb. Like, I mean, and I think anybody could have told, told them ahead of time, like, that's dumb. Like, cause Jeff and I were watching, we're like, oh, that must be a disappearing target. Like, that's gotta be a disappearing target. If it's a zebra, this, there's only zebra in the match. If it's a zebra that's dropping out like that and it's timing oriented, like, okay, that's gotta be a, that's gotta be a disappearing target. Oh, it wasn't, it would have been a more interesting stage if it had been disappearing. Um, I would, I would agree with that because it also had a, the activation sequence on it was kind of interesting too, because the activator popper was a big one behind another big popper with yeah. other stuff to shoot in between it. So I think it would have it would have been better had it been disappearing, or if you could have shot it from either side, or if you could have started from either side, either box. Yeah, yeah. If you could have started, because I mean, I think the right side of that had seven rounds, if I remember correctly. So for single stack, if you had had the option to start on the left side, uh, and then then that would have kind of made that interesting. Okay, maybe I shoot one at it from the left side, and then I go ahead and shoot one at it from the right side, um, and I kind of I conserve my rounds that way or something. You know, like it it could have been more interesting if it either disappearing or let you start anywhere or something like that. Um, but I the. I didn't think the match tested uh, distance shooting hardly at all. Um, I mean, the, there just wasn't much. There wasn't much distance in it, and I'm not. I'm not calling for for nationals just to turn into like we've got mini poppers at thirty yards, like on every stage. Like I'm not actually calling that, but there wasn't. There was very little in the way of distance. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like. Most of our sport is in the like 10 to 15 yard range. So a, a few 20 yard or so targets, I think is sufficient for that. Um, I don't think you have to get too, too focused on like stuff that just becomes a bullseye target. No, but I, I mean, did we have anything that was 20 yards? Uh, we didn't have anything outside 15. That I can rem- I feel, that I can think of. I feel like there was a couple targets that were like twenty yards away. Okay, I mean, okay, a couple open targets at twenty yards. Um, 
There were some targets that you had the option to shoot further away, but you didn't. You you shot them all up close. I mean, if you were smart, you shot them up close. Um, so like there, but they're like even. I'm not talking a bullseye. Talk, I'm not talking 50 yards, but you know, some shooting at at 25 to 30. Um, again, not every stage, but but a few targets kind of sprinkled throughout the match. That might not be a might not be a terrible thing to have have a bit of that in there. Yeah, I can think of a couple. They were both partials that were past 15. I don't know if they were quite 20, but they were past 15. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there wasn't a ton. There, You know, they had the the tiny poppers. Uh, there was a couple of those that were at a decent distance. Yeah. But, um, no, there, there wasn't a ton of distance shooting. But I, did, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't feel like it, it lacked it really. Oh, it's kind of the same way I feel. But of course, Jeremy was shooting major, so like he doesn't mind because he right. has the old ACs out to shoot at. Where you know we had to shoot A's. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I would have just been. Exactly. I would have been happy with uh, hits on Brown at this match. To be quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's just go ahead and dive right into Jeremy's match while we're here. Uh, I mean. I mean, quite honestly, like it's the worst match I've ever shot. Like, yeah, like probably like worse than my first match. Like that I went to, uh, I mean, like, it's just, it's the worst match I've ever shot. Um, I don't know exactly where I placed. I don't know exactly how many penalties I had, uh, but it was a lot, like a lot, a lot. <laughs> um, and the first, and it started with the first, like I had three mics on the first stage, uh, and you know, so if if people listen to the podcast that came out before this, like my goal for the match was each each stage is its own thing. I'm not gonna get not gonna get caught up. Yeah. And uh boy, I put that to the test early. Um Right, yeah. And and the the first the whole first day was was pretty rough. Uh was pretty bad. I did have a stage win, which was cool, and it was it was weird because it was on it was on a hoser stage, which is not my not really my forte, but I guess I guess I was able to hose that day, and I I felt I had I mean you guys maybe can talk to it more, but I felt like I had a fairly decent mindset going into day two, like I I was going into day two thinking okay. Day one was its own match. Day two is a new match, uh, and we'll start fresh and and we'll be in good shape. And I got to about the third stage on day two, and I don't know, I was like six or seven penalties in, and it was that that whole the whole uh, the whole treating each stage as its own thing at that point was out the is out the window. It was just like okay, it's not Todd Todd Jarrett literally came up to me about that point about three stages into day two and he's like bro just go home and go be with your baby <laughs> like <laughs> oh my gosh like he was that literally was awesome. just like he was literally like yeah just just go home like like you got a little kid at home just just leave just go home and go hang out with your kid yeah i mean todd also started the match pretty rough so i'm sure he was he was already there uh mentally yeah. 
<laughs> okay, so Todd on the on stage one, um, he's he's Milsh, He's doing he does the slide lock load, and the best I can understand is the tip of his ejector broke off, and then it got wedged down in the magwell between his magazine and the and the the inside of his gun, the magwell of his gun, and the, and his mag was just stuck, like just stuck, and so he's sitting there doing everything like. It was like I've never seen. I, I I was telling somebody this. I've never seen somebody with a jam that takes this long that they're able to get it cleared and they finish. Like they keep shooting. Like so, it was like a 40, 50 second. I don't know how long it was. I didn't. I just don't know how long it was. Forty or fifty seconds. I mean, like like match is done at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he finally got that magazine out and put a new one in and crappy finished the stage. And the crazy thing is he probably won the match. Like if you take that out, like I haven't, mm-hmm. I haven't done the math, but time wise, I, I looked at the, at the times, um, you take his time out for that. And, and he's like, he's basically winning the match. Um, so that was kind of a bummer for Todd. So Todd and Todd, Todd's wife was there competing as well. So Todd couldn't just leave. So he, his wife was there competing, so he said, "If she, yeah. if Carrie wasn't here, I would be back home in Virginia." Uh, and I, I yeah. probably believe that. Um, and that that thought crossed my mind that maybe, maybe I just uh, pack it up and go. But I thought that would be, uh, I mean, Jeff could have got yeah. her right home, but I felt that would have been <laughs> a very poor display of sportsmanship. And so that was that was basically all I was trying to in it, in it for the match at that point is try to not come across totally douchey. <laughs> right. Yeah. You had two stage wins. I had a stage win on day two. I Day one, I had a stage win, and day two, I had a stage win. Yeah. And actually, like, your your first stage that you had three mics on, like, you still had over 50% of the points on that one. Which I know is not great, but still. With three mics. <laughs> yeah. 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 So okay, I mean I mean we can get into a little bit as far as okay, like what's like what's happened, like what happened? Because uh, it's like I mean, obviously it just it balled out of control and just went nuts. Um some there are parts of my shooting that at this match felt better than they have in a long time. Like it, like there were there were some parts it was like, dang, that's actually really good, and like the like this the couple of stage wins I had, there's a couple other good good stages, not not many, but a couple other good stages in there, um, and then there were there were parts of some other stages that were good that penalties on the other parts of the stages made it not look good, but um, the the only thing that I can say is is it. it it kind of goes back a little bit to Ozarks when I talked about a little bit like the having the yips on the steel, um, that there's, there's a little bit of not a little bit, but the timer going off and just kind of going into panic mode a little bit. Um, and just, is somebody watching shooting videos while we're, (laughs) while we're trying to record a podcast? It was Jared. Of course. Of course. I I clicked on, I clicked on a message I received. And sorry, of course. Could you? Uh, so, 
there, there's a little the timer goes off and there there's a bit of panic and then I I was just forcing stuff like I was I was forcing forcing splits forcing shots um and it you know that doesn't that doesn't tend to work very well um and the difference between forcing it and then trusting it and let it happen is it's very minute but there's a there's a difference in confidence there um in that and trusting that you're fast enough and you don't need to force it and i didn't have any of that at this match like it just it just wasn't there and and then you get and you get results like that so the only thing i can like like i mean i come away extremely embarrassed like i like why like hopefully people still want to like listen to the podcast like like that's like <laughs> like like i'm not i'm not actually joking there like why would somebody like based off that performance like why would anybody want to hear me talk about shooting cuz cuz like obviously like i suck really really bad um and but but you don't i mean so i mean you're like foc- the- you're you're focus you're focusing in on the what was not good instead of also remembering the good there like certainly your lows were lower than normal but your stuff that was not lows was at a at a very high level so yeah you, but you can't you can't just take the highs and ignore the lows and you can't just take the lows and ignore the highs yeah i i don't i don't totally disagree with that um at the same time like i somewhat am of the belief of like where you place is who you like where you place is who you are like if you're winning the match then you're a national champion that's if you're close to winning then yeah you're you're a top level contender and you're there if you're at i don't know 70 something 75% then like yeah you're you're a hobbyist that's not really close to contending to anything um and and definitely shouldn't be giving advice on on how to do anything so like i don't disagree with what jared's saying that like you need to have a somewhat measured approach um at the same time like that's like it that match result is extremely embarrassing and like it's so i hope people still listen to the podcast for guys like Jeff and Jared that have good things to say and and maybe I can be here for comedic relief. I forgot targets. That is like the most rookie mistake you could possibly make. I mean, I forgot targets. I gave away points. Yeah. I mean like that. You forgot. You made one mistake at the match. Uh, Like that's the only mistake you could make worse would be like, I don't know, (laughs) shooting yourself in the foot. Maybe probably wouldn't be as bad. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of on the last stage and it was kind of like, is there a safe way for me to DQ right now? That's like, doesn't like actually put anybody in danger, but I can still get DQ'd. Uh, but I didn't. Cause I've never, I've still never been knock on wood. I've never been DQ'd from a match. So I, I kind of didn't want to, I kind of didn't want to start, but, but that thought did cross my mind. It's like, if they DQ me, they take all my scores out and then nobody sees that. The point, the point I, in making there is that like, yeah, there were certainly mistakes, but you want to look at what you did well and approach it from what you can work on to improve. So I'm not going to, like, I'm certainly disappointed in myself for forgetting targets, but I'm not going to be like, Oh, that, that is, that's the worst thing ever. Like it, 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 it's terrible, but what did I do? Well, 
And what can I work on to improve in my training in the coming months to be a better shooter next year? And I think I think you need to do the same thing because your your highs were obviously clearly high. What were you doing well on those stages that you did not do well on the others? What what can you improve to bring that consistency up where your your lows are not as low and your highs stay at the same level? Yeah, I mean I don't I don't disagree that that's like the appropriate mentality for somebody to take in their coming off of a bad match. I don't I don't disagree with that that that's that's the appropriate approach to take. Um, but I'm not like, I'm not just coming off like a bad match. Like I'm coming off like years of bad matches. And so it's. What's the, what's the consistency? What's the consistent thing in all those bad matches? Me. No, it's not you. <laughs> it's, it's your head. It's what you are thinking. It's what you are doing. Like you are in control of those bad matches because your your highs clearly show you have the skill. Like you just have to get out of your own way. Yeah, I, I again, I don't, I don't disagree with that. Um, like I, I'm full well, full well acknowledge that. Um, at the same time, like I don't know if I'm at this point. Like again, we're coming. Like I'm, we're less than a week removed from from this match. Like what, three days, four days? I don't know. Not that far. Uh, so, yeah. you know, I'm probably not in the best mental space in the world, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, I know I need to get out of my way, but I don't know if I will ever be able to get out of my way. And so at that point, uh, like that, it, it just becomes a lot harder. You're shooting Bighorn, right? Yeah, as of right now. How about every time you get negative, I just get to smack you? In the face. Well, you're not. I'm you're not on my. You're not on my squad there. Right, so I'll come find you. It's not a big deal. I actually don't feel like I. I didn't get super negative at this match. Well, that might be my by the last day. I mean, by the last day, it was like, uh, yeah, it wasn't wasn't necessarily positive. But I didn't like. I didn't feel like I was necessarily just moping around and like not talking to anybody or or do anything like that. I, I felt like I'd stayed fairly positive. Again, lack of confidence um, is like, I mean, that's the only thing that that's the only thing I would tell somebody off of if, if they're going to learn from, from me um, is that you have to shoot with confidence and, and whatever, whatever that means for you, you have to do that. And so you've got to like, that should be almost like your focus of practice should be. How can I, make myself confidence at the matches. Um, and that's, yeah. that's kind of what, what I think should be, should be people's focus. If they're going to learn from my idiot self. All right, Jeff, tell us about your glorious defeat or glorious win. I'm sorry. Glorious defeat of me. Hold on. I have a, I have a diagnosis for Jeremy. Oh great! You he's, gonna have, he's gonna have some pot or something, some sort of drug, <laughs> psychedelic. He's like, try this mushroom; it'll be great. <laughs> okay, so here's my my diagnosis for for why you you did the way you did. Let's hear uh, it at nationals. So it, I think it's a combination of nationals was at the beginning of the year this year. We've all 
barely shot any coming in off of the off season. Um, and I think you tried to shoot the way that you shot at the end of last year. And I think that's why it didn't work out. Like you were trying to shoot faster than you were comfortable shooting yet. Like, I think you'll be there by the end of this year or by mid this year, just when you get some more rounds under you. But like, I definitely wasn't there. And, but how I handled it was I just went slower. I just shot slower. Um, I shot slower than I wanted to. Um, I knew I was shooting slower. I knew I was off the pace. I knew I wasn't going to be top 10 with the speed I was shooting, but that's how I could shoot. So that's how I shot. But I think you tried to go as fast as you normally go. Um, I think you tried to go as fast as the guys on the super squad. And I think that's why the wheels fell off. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, it's, it's a good observation in that the person who shoots within their abilities is often going to place, even with lower skills, is going to place better than somebody who shoots outside of their abilities. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think it was. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it was, I don't really think it was you were, you were getting, getting in your own head or anything like that. I just think it was, you were trying to shoot at a level that you're not practiced up to yet. You, yeah. you know, you're not peaked and you were trying to perform at, at peak. Yeah. No, there's some, probably some legitimacy to that. Okay, we can talk about me now. Oh, that's the end of the podcast. Thank you guys for chiming in. We'll see you next week. <laughs> All right, so it's me time. Uh, my match. Well, like I said, I shot slow. Shot slower than I wanted to. Shot slower than I was... Uh, it was slow. It was slow. That's all there was to it. And, you know, that's a combination of switching to shooting all minor, shooting production. It's like, it's just a different pace, right? So I don't want to say that, like, production shooting is slow because those guys do it crazy fast. But for me, as someone who's used to, like, basically aiming for brown, uh, basically aiming the center of brown, I had to switch gears to shooting a's like it's like i need a's i need alphas um so it was a lot of aiming and i'm just not super comfortable shooting that way yet and i also found that uh shooting like big stages like we had to run around a lot uh and you like start breathing heavier and whatnot is very very difficult for me to shoot good points on those stages uh just running around you get gassed and then uh, trying to focus in and shoot. So I, I would lose points on those stages easily. Um, but yeah, I finished 15th, which I, I mean, I can't really expect any better than that, honestly. Um, like I made mistakes. I think I had four penalties or four mics for the match, something like that. Um, but I can't expect to do much better than that. At this point in May, you know, with with everything that's been going on, switching divisions, switching guns, uh, and it's no try. I just found that it's it's different, right? Uh, shooting production is just a different gear, and I haven't really found that gear for me yet. 
So I shot what I was comfortable. I knew I shot. I knew I had to shoot A's. So that's what I did. That's what I focused on. Like I said, I knew I knew I was off the pace. I knew I was slower than everybody else. But there was no point in going faster. I think I tried on a couple stages to go faster, and you know, throw like two deltas or whatever. And it's just like you you cannot do that in production. Uh, that's not an option to, if you want to finish remotely well to shoot a bunch of deltas. So. Yeah, I just slowed it down to where um, I could put enough uh, attention on each side picture that I needed to get the points, and that's where I was at. That was the gear I was in. It wasn't getting any faster for the rest of the match, so that's where I hung out, and this is where we finished, 15th. So, yeah, pretty happy with it, all things considered, everything that's going on this year. Yeah, I'll I'll take it, and I'll take the win over Jared. <laughs> no, I mean I think that I mean I think that was a new gun. You got a new house. You moved into. You didn't have a truck, so you couldn't train for basically the entire month before nationals. Uh, to come out and shoot fifteenth and coming fifteenth is uh, that's I mean it's an incredible finish. Like that's that's really really good production. Definitely had a lot of heat in it this year too. Yeah, yeah production is still the deepest. I mean, it's it's got the most talent at the top. Yeah, I think so. I think it does. But you know, another thing is, I really missed shooting single stack. So I I don't know because it's the greatest gun design in the world. Should shoot single stack next year. Jared doesn't want to compete against you anymore. No, That's right. Scared. I'll scared. shoot against you next year. If if they break single stack nationals off separate from production, I will shoot single stack against you next year. I still have a holster somewhere in the closet. Really? You'll shoot single stack nationals next year if they break it off? If it does not coincide with production, I will shoot it against you. That would be fun. Yeah. Anyway, I I missed the single stack. Uh like 1911, that's all I shot for the last four years or whatever. So I'm just, I shoot that gun better, right? Uh, that's what I'm used to. But so I'm torn. I plan on shooting production, but hey, if they do that next year, we can all we can all squad together because I definitely won't be on the super squad next year. <laughs> Positives. Positives. Is that a positive? <laughs> I will I will also not be on the super squad next year. There we go. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll get a showdown at single stack nets. I don't know. We'll see where we're at. We'll see if anybody's shooting next year. Yeah, there's that. There is that. Um man, I had some really great observations when I was at this match, and I meant to write them all down. But one thing that really stuck out to me. Uh, my nerves were pretty bad at this match, which I know we talked about in the previous episode about how the, you know, the pressure is so bad and the it's the only place you can get that kind of pressure, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that rang true for me. Um, I was really feeling it. Stage one, day one, hands were shaking for probably like two or three stages I was shaking. Um, but... I figured out, and I hadn't figured this out before or made this connection, maybe I had figured it out, that 
uh, and this is kind of dumb, but it's something I noticed. Drinking cold water. Have you guys ever tried that? Drinking cold water? I mean, you I mean like the cold water that's on every stage these days? Yeah. I mean, I I drink cold water on a regular basis, but oh, please, please, please keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I found that uh, like drinking really cold water, uh, it like calmed the the anxiety in my chest, basically. Just like feeling that cold water run down my chest inside. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so the pressure that I felt at this match, I've only felt it like this, like where it gives me like short breath, it like makes it <laughs> hard to breathe. Um, I've only felt it like this at one other match and I just attributed it to too much caffeine at that match. But I didn't have a lot of caffeine before this match. So I don't think that was it. I had some, but not a lot. Um, but yeah, so I was feeling that pressure. It was like hard to breathe. So yeah, I started drinking the the cold water and it it calmed the the anxiety and the the handshaking quite a bit. So interesting about it. Yeah. So if you have a a lot of trouble with pressure and all that, you should try the cold water. I'll give it a shot if I make it to another. If I make it to another one, you'll right, shoot, yeah, you'll shoot more nationals. You're we'll gonna see. be at high cap this year, right? I'm not signed up currently. Well, I'm not either because I'm still waiting for a slot since I didn't shoot it last year. I have a I have a slot that I have till the 28th of May to. I have to wait that long for open registration. Jesus, I mean that's like two weeks. I'm going to have a terrible squad. That's this like two weeks away. Um, Poji's telling us about that he's hoping Jeremy's talking about his match performance. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone can hear the beep of, of the messenger chat. I see, yeah, a flash, so, I see a flash on my computer screen. Uh, we do need to go over um, our predictions and how they fared. Do you have that list, Jeff? Yes. Yeah, I could pull it up. It wasn't very good. Uh, <laughs> we didn't do worth a shit. Uh, I mean, I feel like we did. I feel like I feel like a lot of our top threes were close. Well, I'm pretty sure both of you put me in the top three for single stack. So big yeah, whiff that's there. That's because you're our bro. Big whiff there. That's uh, because we are encouraging you. It's not because we believed it. We just wanted you to believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that. Uh, so Rob Latham did win, did win single stack, uh, and and Rob really wasn't like he wasn't leading the match at all until the very end. Um, yeah, he he looked like to me he was from what I saw the scores. It looked like he was never really like he was there, but he wasn't like he wasn't ever in the mix when I updated the scores, and then all of a sudden like he wins. Yeah, so so what had happened was, I mean, I mean, Rob, Rob cannot move very well. I mean, his knees, his knees hurt, uh, and they still hurt. I mean, he's had like six, I think he's had six knee operations, um, and and he'll tell you he's not a tiny, he's not a tiny dude either, um, which doesn't help. But so he, I mean, he knows on the big field courses he's giving up, he's giving up time on movement, but there's. 
I mean, we had what three, four big field courses. Like the movement in this match was very, very minimal. Like I mean, I would like there were there were a couple a couple stages where we had to move, but otherwise, given that it was low cap and everybody was doing a bunch of loads, like there was not. It was almost virtually standing loads on a lot of stages. Um, yeah. Which helped Rob. I mean, like, like after seeing the stages, I kind of looked as like, okay, yeah, Rob can win this match because um, there's a lot of just a lot of stand and shoot a race, um, and he's still one of the best in the world uh, at doing that. And so, yeah, so he was. I mean, he was just kind of, he was kind of there, not really, not really pushing for the lead, but not. And then the last day, the end of the last day, he just. He kind of made a big push, and he didn't really know he was in because I told him. I actually asked him going in the last day. He's like, "You gonna win?" He's like, "No, I'm, I'm too far down. Like I just can't, I can't make up the ground." I'm like, "Well, I think you can." And then the last three stages, he went second, first, first on. He made up a a lot of points, a lot of points right there. And the guys that were the guys that were ahead of him went into the last day, and they were shooting to not make to not mess up. They were they were just trying to not mess up. Um, that that was like I wasn't ask I wasn't asking them what was going through their thought process, um, but that that was what it looked like to me as far as how they were shooting. They were trying to not mess up, and in all honesty, that virtually never works. Like shooting to not mess up, you will probably just mess up more. Um, yeah, yeah. For the most part, um, and Rob didn't. I mean, he shot he shot to win. Especially the the last last few stages, last half of this last day, and he did. Um, and I I think that I think that says a lot for anybody that's that's if you're gonna be in contention, the first couple of days keep yourself in contention. Like that's I think that's important. Try to try to stay within stri- striking distance, and then the last day go out and win it. That doesn't necessarily mean be stupid. You can't be throwing misses and doing that, but. But go out and be aggressive and and win. And I think that's I think that's a good a good lesson from just watching Rob shoot and yeah. what he did. Another thing is because like by the third day, you're you're the most comfortable usually. Like uh, you know, this is this is the third time you've gotten up in the third yeah. day in a row you've shot. Uh, third day in a row you've been around the squad, running stages. Like you're the most comfortable. You you, and I would think you have the most potential to shoot really well on the third day. Yeah. If yeah, you haven't, sure. if you haven't partied every night. Well, there's that. Yeah. There is that. Yeah. That's why I limited my beers to twelve per night. You did. <laughs> yeah. Big limiting. Okay, so you have the do you have our. Our predictions? Yes, I do. Okay, let's go with L10. Okay. L10. Jeremy said Christian, Blake, Casey. I feel pretty good about that, given that Blake didn't show up. And yeah. Christian was first. Uh, Gianni was second. Gianni Giovanni was second. And Casey was third. Nice. Would, so you got two. Uh, uh, no, I'm going to call it 100% because had Blake been there, Blake might have been second. Yeah, uh, yeah. then Casey wouldn't have been. Then Casey wouldn't have been. Well, maybe Casey would have been Gianni if Blake had been there. We don't know. Might have been. Uh, Jared said Christian Travis, Travis Tomasi, Casey Reed. 
I'll take two out of three. Yeah, that's good. And Travis had gun issues, I believe. Yeah, yeah, we talked to Travis. Travis shot uh, with the ROs, and yeah. he yeah, he had some he had some gun stuff that that kind of derailed his match a bit. I think. Yeah, and then I said Christian Blake Travis, so I got one. So, so you basically are not very good at this. Jeff was the worst okay. out of L ten. Yeah. It's okay because I still beat y'all at the match. Okay, revolver. Well, we're pod- we're not shooting now. We're podcasting, so we're better at podcasting. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Not very good at either, but I try really hard at one. So um, revolver was. We all said Poji, Rich, Josh. We all went How'd that we order. Do? Yeah, uh, it was Poji. Caleb Higby was second, and Rich was third. Yeah. So we got the winner. So Yay. we got the winner. We got two out of three. Uh, that's a good finish for Caleb. I think that's the highest. I think that's the highest he's finished. Um, and Poji had a Poji kind of did typical Poji things. First day, he was actually, I think he was actually down like ten or fifteen points after the first day. After the second day, he was up by like twenty points, and then I think he won by forty or fifty or sixty or something like that. So he kind of basically Poji goes in and shoots the first day. He kind of measures what his opponents are going to do, and then he adjusts his shooting accordingly uh, to to beat that on the following days. Is kind of how Poji <laughs> does it, which well, is apparently he does it well. Yeah, he does. All right, production. I do that. Production. Jeremy said Jacob JJ Nils. I don't not think terrible. any of us not none of us got even close on I feel like I got two out of three there. That's pretty good. No, you you got two out of three. Jacob didn't you got win. One. Nils didn't get third. No, Nils got, won and JJ was second. Yeah. So, so, so I got, got two one. out of the top three. I got two out of the top three. No, oh you my got god, one. Now you're changing you got the rules. One correct. I mm, I still take that as two yeah, out of three. One correct. Um Jared said Jacob Sal JJ. I was so, not even close. Zero, no. correct. Zero. Yeah. And I said Jacob Mason JJ. So I also failed. So production was unbelievably tight. Uh, I think after day two, practice score had literally had Mason and JJ both at a hundred percent. Yeah, like it. It didn't even like it didn't even register as them. The, the, I mean, there were statistically there was a separation, but it was like point one points, yeah. like point one match points. And Nils like, was only six back. Yeah, Nils was six back, so Nils was virtually. Virtually right there. I mean, that's one Delta, a couple Charlies. Um, Nils ended up winning. I mean, Nils shot the match clean. Uh, no no penalties of any kind. And under that pressure with, with the guys there, like that's really freaking impressive. Um, I think it should be mentioned, JJ did get screwed on a popper on the second to last stage. Uh, like he, he center punched a popper. 
It didn't go down. He lost calibration. I mean, there's 15 points right there. That's it's part of our sport, but it, it's a sucky part of our sport. Dude, uh, that popper, yeah. that popper was so freaking heavy too. Yeah, the popper was not set up right. Uh, Ashley Rourke on two squads before, because the, the squad ahead of production was my squad, and we were all shooting majors. Nobody's shooting minor on my squad, so of course the popper goes down when we're shooting it with major. Um, Ashley Rourke on the squad ahead of us, she got same popper she hit. It didn't go down, and it did not go down in the calibration, so she got a reshoot. Um, and then Sasquatch actually same popper on the same squad as JJ. I shot right behind JJ too. Oh, you shot right behind it. And did they, did they adjust it after JJ? Of course not. It didn't fall in calibration. It was fine. Oh, I mean, it, it fell during calibration. So they did not make any adjustment. Yeah. And then Jared shot it. It did not go in calibration. Did they adjust it then? Yes, they. Well, I they must have. I had to go shoot the next stage, so they must have adjusted it because it was. Uh, <laughs> it it fell the second time I shot the stage. I mean that one worked out in my favor because my first round on that stage was okay. My second round was pretty good. Yeah. So I mean, like that's a that's a huge bummer in our in our sport. <clears throat> what power factor were you shooting? So, I was about, like, 130. Uh, Chrono shows low because my first round on Chrono on my match gun was, like, really slow for some reason. Uh, but I actually, on second day, I had to switch to my backup gun. And it Chronoed, like, exactly 130. Which is right in line with where it should be. 130 to 132. Yeah. Yeah. And I, just, I do want to note, too. There was like no issues during the match with my main gun. For somehow my front sight got like screwed up in my bag between the first day and the second day. Uh, so that's, yeah. that's why I switched guns. Like there was just like a chip in the front sight. Yeah. It's understandable. So yeah, so production crazy close. Um they were yeah. all there. Uh even I mean crap. Even I mean Jay. I mean uh, Jacob wasn't. Jacob wasn't necessarily in contention. But if those guys had, if they'd had it, if those guys had had a bad stage, Jacob would have been in contention, right? Like, like he was only not in contention because those guys just shot so well. It's, I mean, it was it, even in the overalls. It, it ended up pretty tight at the end. I mean, the top yeah. five. The top five were all ninety six percent and above. Yeah. I would consider that all I would consider that a pretty tight match. No, it's crazy. It's crazy close. And the and the yeah. Nils and, and JJ's, I mean, at some point you almost feel bad for JJ because how many of these super close I mean he's luckily he's got he ha, he has won some nationals now, so that's good, but man, that dude has had so many close seconds it's kind of crazy. He has. He has. It's kind of nuts. Um, it is nuts. We were talking about that. It's crazy that he's that consistent to me. Like, he's always right there, right? He's like, yeah. He's always right there. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy that he's always that close. Uh Oh, yeah, so last prediction was for each other. 
Did we wait? Did we say we didn't say who would who did we all predict for single stack? Oh yeah. Uh so you predicted Mike Seeklander and then Robbie and then Elias. So and I don't I don't feel bad about that. Who did I predict? About getting none of them. Uh <laughs> Jared got <laughs> Jared predicted Robbie to win it. He got it. <laughs> he didn't even remember. <laughs> well, no, I didn't because I don't care about singles back. <laughs> and then he said Todd Jarrett and then Jeremy. And I said Mike Seeklander, Elias for second, which he did get second. And then Jeremy. And he did not get third. It's this close. <laughs> Is that this close? Had. <laughs> Had the like ROs only shot you on one stage and that would have been the match, you could have got third. I could have. Oh yeah, so I was gonna touch on this uh on like DQing, like to try to DQ at the end of the match. Has anyone ever been DQ'd for like being really shitty to an RO? Because I feel like you could do that. Like I you feel not, like I could I feel, you feel like I could treat an I could treat an RO so bad that they DQ me. Yeah, I feel like you could pull that off. Uh, I mean, I think there would be an. Un- I think there's an unsportsmanlike conduct DQ, right? Uh, that you could do that. Um, well, you might keep that on the in the back pocket. You might need that someday. <laughs> okay. You know, well, <laughs> there there's one last note for Nashville too. I had like three or four people come up, say they like the podcast. Appreciate you all uh, coming up. Give us your feedback. I don't know if you did you guys hear from anyone? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I had lots of people come up and and say yeah. they like the podcast and stuff. Yeah, I talked to a few people. It was awesome. Thanks for coming up and talking. Uh I did enjoy talking to people about the podcast. And I'm so glad you all got to be a part of this this rivalry between me and Jared and me squashing him. Um <laughs> Oh, I'm, yeah, just we had gonna, one like, I'm just going to squeeze Jeff's head at the next match and see if I can make it pop. <laughs> we had one last prediction here for the battle between me and Jared predictions. So Jeremy predicted that we would both be in the top 12. We both failed. We both failed. Uh, Jared would be ninth at 89%. And I would be twelfth at eighty-eight percent. Would would eighty-ninth would eighty-nine percent even get you in the top? That's the real question. Yes, eighty-nine percent. Eighty-nine percent would get you in the top ten. What was was ninth place at eighty-nine percent? Yeah, uh, ninth place was at eighty-seven percent. Oh. oh wow. Okay, so Jared predicted we would be within two to three percent, both top. 10 finish? No, I did not predict top 10. I said I would be very happy with top 10. Uh, it just says, I just wrote top 10 finish 90%. Yeah, I just didn't want to predict my own finish, so I didn't. <laughs> so you predicted top 10 90%? <laughs> no. Yeah, <I> <laughs> sounds like happy it. That sounds top like it. 10. And uh, you predicted I would be 13th at 86 and a half, which was actually damn close. Because I finished like 85% or something at 15th. So yeah, that was pretty pretty freaking close. Wasn't too far off. 
And then I predicted I would beat you by 2%. And I think I ended up 5%. Jared would be... Yes, I was wrong. Jared would be ninth at 88%. And I was going to be 8th at 90%. So, yeah, I thought a lot of myself and I did not deliver. (laughs) 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 That was good. That was fun. I enjoyed that. I can't wait to do it again. We can do it for high cap. Are you going to shoot CO Nats with us? No, probably not. It's too much money. Oh, I'll send you a dot. You can just, I'll send you a dot to borrow. Yeah. Oh, wait, we need to talk about uh, the thing that you said you wanted to do at this match that you and Jeremy like talked in circles about. Uh, Are you saying you wanted to shoot your match? How did that go? I absolutely shot my match. Like I was, I was very much in control. I mean, obviously I made a, a catastrophic failure. But it was not due to like any outward pressures. I just got flustered for a bunch of makeup shots on steel pretty much. Just stage plan wasn't burned in well and I made a mistake. But otherwise my shooting was my shooting. Like I shot my match. I mean, overall, the rest of my shooting was as good as I could expect to execute a stage on any given day, anytime. All right. Good deal. And I said I wanted to shoot 91 to 93% of points. Or I wanted to shoot good points, and I was hoping for 91 to 93. And I think I shot a little over 91 before penalties. So after penalties, it was like 88-something. The match had enough tough shots, and it was going to be a little below that probably anyways. I'd say, I I don't know. I never, I didn't look what, see what nil shot. I figure probably 91 to 92% is probably where the top guys were at. Yeah, yeah, 90 nope. in the top five, 91 to 92% is where everyone's at. Yeah, so I was I was right there with the points, uh, which is what I was expecting pretty much. You know, just shooting. I was shooting the points that I knew I had to have. I just knew I couldn't shoot them any faster than I was. So that's that. Y'all got any questions, comments? We can next. We can talk about how to fix popper popper calibrations. <laughs> it's an interesting topic. I have no you know, idea. You know what? No, no. You know what, listeners? If you have an idea for popper calibration, send us a message. We'll talk about it in the next podcast. Yeah, you can do that. Uh, Jeremy's got some some long drawn out convoluted. Friggin but Jeremy's Jeremy's not you. He's actually smart. He probably has a reasonable idea. <laughs> no, he told me it's stupid. <laughs> you, didn't, <laughs> you didn't tell me it was stupid when I was telling you. <laughs> well, you were giving me a ride home. So. <laughs> we would have gave you a ride to the airport. You could have figured out how to get there from, from the airport. You could have just thrown those canics in the trash and bought new ones when you got home. That would have been no big deal. Right, yeah. Oh, that was the other thing. We saw in the news today that the bridge that we drove over to get home is like freaking cracked in half and they shut it down today. And we yeah. were driving over it two days ago. Freaking yeah. well, Memphis, I'm sorry, Tennessee. It didn't, I'm sorry it didn't crack three days ago. 
Yeah. It probably was cracked three days ago because that crack oh, yeah. did not look like a new crack. Like it's been, it has been cracked. It just didn't happen to collapse on us. Yeah. Well, that, I suppose that's good. I mean, I like Jeremy. Glad he didn't die. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you wouldn't want to beat me that way, would you? You would like just me dying. Like, dude, would winning you, is would winning. you feel good about winning? <laughs> winning is winning. <laughs> it's true. All right. Anything goes, I guess. <laughs> all right. That's all I got. Y'all got anything else? Nope. No. Pinch it off. All right. We'll pinch it off here. Be sure and send in your suggestions to fix the poppers. Oh, stop recording, damn it. <laughs>